What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Usually, we'd be at RJ's Pub in Rochester, but you guys know the deal with that. If you can find a way to support RJ's Pub, make sure you support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. Roll through there, uh, get a carry out, go in. You know, get your dinner, whatever it is that you want to do. We recommend the season fries, as you know, so make sure you support Russ and everybody there at RJ's Pub. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. He is a coach, Greg Campy. And Camp, here we go, man. Last weekend of the regular season coming up, we got a ton to get to. Horizon League seedings, many questions with the hashtag Ask Campy. You ready to rock today, Camp? Yeah, let's let's get going on this. Uh, you know, I, I've seen so much on the on – the, uh, tournament and the seedings and I've seen so many negative things that are being said and and so what I want to do with this uh when I get a text from my son saying why are you third um you know I think we just have to clarify and what I want to do in this segment is I want to explain what we're doing and more importantly how we got to that and then at least all those people out there that are being critical and saying things, at least they can have the facts. And then if they want to be critical and say things, go ahead, but at least they're going to be saying things with the facts. So let's start from the stop, but from the top. So the first thing I want to say is all you people that are saying things like Lacrone came up with some crazy thing or, or the horizon league office is what are they doing or, let me explain this to you. The Horizon League office does not make policy. The Horizon League office enforces policy. That's all they do. So don't uh, don't go around saying this was, you know, Lacron or this was Julie or something. It's it's not. Those are professional people that, in, in John's case, did unbelievable service for thirty some years for this league. And to say things like that, I, I don't appreciate reading things like that or hearing whether you, you have that opinion or not. You want to say it about facts and say it about facts. But the Horizon League does not make policy. And I'll give you an example. The things that the league does are decided by its members. For example, we are not having fans at our games. That came from the highest source that came from the presidents the 12 presidents in the league declared that we would not because in their opinion as presidents of their university the health and safety and well-being of the student athlete we are not going to bring fans into the games the presidents don't make a decision on how many how much time i get at a shoot around they don't they don't they only weigh in on the important things. So the next level of decision-making is done by the executive council. And then there's committees that make decisions that get, so it's all, it's, it's a business. Okay. So where did we start this summer when it appeared that we were going to try and play through the pandemic, we started meeting as a group of coaches once a week on a zoom call for an hour. I can't even remember when it began, probably the middle of the summer. And we met every week up until December. And we hashed everything out at, at, as a group of coaches. The general uh, counsel or whatever they're called for the league is, is made up of 
people from each school where each school has a vote. They were meeting through Zoom at least twice a week, maybe more. A lot of smart people got together and figured out how we could have a basketball season safely and what was the best way to get from the beginning to the completion. And this was with the knowledge of what was going on in football. And you had, you know, the Big Ten wasn't going to play, and then all of a sudden they're playing. Mac wasn't going to play, and then all of a sudden they're playing. So you had leagues that made these decisions, you know, off the cuff and then changed. We didn't want to do that. We wanted to be intelligent as a league and do things right. So we went about our coming up with how's the best way to have a season. We didn't do this on our own. I personally am a member of the Division I Council, Congress. And it was my job to talk to every other league in the country on our, at our Congress meetings and find out what they're going to do so I could bring that knowledge to the table for our coaches. Our league office, the commissioners were meeting, the athletic directors were finding different. Everybody was gaining information on how we run a basketball season. No coaches wanted to do what we ended up doing. No administrator wanted to do that because we knew it wouldn't. There would the fairness side of it. You could not be fair. There would be competitive advantages, which nobody wants to give anybody. But the only way that we could come up with a season was to do the the bubble weekend where you would go and you would play, you know, two games, same officials. And when we decided to do this, uh, many school, many leagues were talking about doing the same thing. If you'll remember, or if you know, have knowledge, the Missouri Valley came out and said, no, they're not doing that. They're going to just have their season, announce their schedule. But by the time they saw what other leagues were doing, they changed and went to kind of a hybrid of what we did. So it was, it was fluid. All the leagues were t discussing to each other. So now we come and we, we come up with the schedule. Well, the schedule comes out, and as a coach is in a group, when it came across our plate, we knew it wasn't going to be good, but we were, you know, we were shocked at some of the inequities in it. But there's nothing we could do. We all we all signed on to do it. I'll give you an example. Youngstown State, who preseason, if there wasn't a pandemic, was going to be picked second probably in the league. Their first 10 games, eight of them were on the road. And they were on the road at, in the past five years, a historically good teams have been uh, Wright State, Northern Kentucky, and Oakland. They played at Wright State 2, at Oakland 2, at Northern Kentucky 2, and at Cleveland State 2, who turned out to be the Cinderella story this year that, you know, maybe going to win the championship, but, you know, if you call that a championship. Their first 10 games, eight of those 10 were on the road against those four teams. I mean, Jared, the coach at, at Youngstown State, was in shock. And... We all felt bad for him, but we knew that there was going to be inequities and we knew it wasn't going to be fair. So once the schedule came out, we saw that we as a group of coaches who were meeting every week, our feeling to the league was we have got to have a league tournament 
that is as fair as it possibly can be. We understand that we're playing in an equitable season, but we've got to make the league tournament as fair as we can be. Then while we were doing this, the Mid-American Conference, who's kind of in our footprint, who is kind of a rival conference, came out with only eight of their teams are going to their postseason tournament. I don't know if that's still the case, but that came out while we were doing this. Now, we were all in a panic over that because if we're going to have a, an inequitable schedule, we got to have a fair postseason and all 12 teams have to be in it. So we as coaches got the message to our general counsel that or whatever, the, I don't even know what it's called, but whatever the name of that group is, that we have to have all 12 teams and you've got to come up with a tournament format that makes it as fair as we can make it. That was the one thing that was, we were, we were on that and we weren't going to move budge from that. That's what the coaches wanted. And thankfully, that's what our league wanted too. Um, that's what the executive council, I think that's what it's term wanted to do. So they put a plan together. They asked the coaches for our opinion. Dennis Gates, the coach at Cleveland State, came up with an off-the-wall idea that I ended up endorsing, and it was a group of people become a selection committee, and we seed our tournament like the, so, the selection committee does to the NCAA tournament. <clears throat> now, that is human-led, and there'll be bias, and what we all felt, because we knew that the inequities were going to happen, not just the scheduling inequities, but it all started when someone at IUPUI got COVID and that first week or so got canceled, the president of a university in our uh, league decided that he's going to follow the governor's guide guidelines or suggestions. And so because of those suggestions, they're not going to go play a game um, because that's what the state, their state said. And all of a sudden the schedule is just rocketing out of, you know, completely going away from what it was even going to supposed to be. And now you're looking at things that we didn't even, we knew could happen, but that quickly right away happened. So the idea that we came up with the uh, executive council didn't like, and we as coaches pushed for it and they didn't like it. And I understood why they didn't like it. And we said, okay, just so we have a fair equity and what they decided was to put a formula together and the formula they looked in and they researched and they talked to other leagues and they didn't just pick a thing out of a hat they spent hours on this and we all signed off on it we all agreed on it every every school in the league signed off and agreed that this is the way we're going to do it so that's a long introduction to hey people this isn't some off-the-wall thing. This was agreed on, and we knew this stuff was going to happen. And the people in power believe this is the single fairest way to do it. And I, was, I didn't vote for that, but I agree. It is the single fairest way to do it, and that is to have a formula. So what's the formula based on? The formula is based on games played. And it goes back to that statement I made to you, Neil, a couple weeks ago. This is a team that's 18 and two better than a team that's 12 and all. How do you judge that? 
how does a person judge that? By the eye test? How do you judge that? So if I'm 18 and 2 and they're 12 and all, who should be the number one seed? Who's the champion? I don't think any, I don't think there's any way that you can come up with the correct answer to that. There's no way. So the only way to do this would be mathematically. And it may not be right either, but there's no human emotion in it. There's no human making a decision. So here's the formula. They decided, they went through it, and they decided that the old RPI formula that they used to use for the NSA tournament would be the best way to do this because it could handle the inequities of amount of games played, amount of road games versus home games played, and it could judge the strength of schedule. And that is, in, in the women's side, I think four or five weeks into it, did you hear Rookie in the background? Absolutely. She's, she's agreeing with me. Um, <laughs> there was a team that was 6-0, and all, and they were ranked like fourth or fifth. And that's because their, their six wins were against the team that's ranked 12th, 11th, and 10th. And so you had to have a strength of schedule. You had to have wins. And, and then you had to see where the games were played. And so that's what this formula does. And so now we're looking at it. We're one week away. And everybody, and this is what the fans have got to stop. My son, I told him this. I said, don't look at the standings. The standings have nothing to do with this. this just because mathematically... You know, that team was 6-0, and oh, and, and there was a team that was 5-4 and four that was ranked ahead of them. It, don't look at that. Look, look at the formula that's put out at the end of the week. And the formula is around this. Games played, wins, strength of schedule, and road wins. And that's the key. Those are the four things that matter. Have you played the games? Who did you play? What is their record? And did you win? And did you get any road wins? Okay. So now we're here a week before the season, and I want everybody to know, you know, if you're a Detroit fan, if you're a Cleveland State fan, if you're a Wright State fan, a lot can change in this last week. I'll give you, the, the, the school that can do the most is Northern Kentucky. They've got Wright State at home, so that's going to, just playing the two games is going to increase their strength of schedule. If they win those two games, they're going to skyrocket. Wright State obviously would, would drop a little bit because they lost. Um, you, you could see a complete change in the standings. If Oakland loses two games and... Youngstown wins two, and, and Detroit wins two. It, it's going to be really close, really, really close. It, as you look at the weekend, the team that's probably, you know, Detroit has got two home games against the number 12 seed, so that's going to – they're, they're going to play two games, which is going to help. They're going to – if they win two games, that's going to help, but the strength of the schedule is going to go down because that's now against the team that's 12, and it's at home. So as you, list, as you look at this, you have to be patient and you have to understand, you have to let the formula work. Um, is it anybody's fault that 
somebody got COVID and we couldn't play him? No, but it's just the season. It's the way it is. And, you know, I, I mean, if, if you look at the eye test right now, if you look at, you know, who's, who's hot, well, you've got to go with Cleveland State, right? State, you got to look at Northern Kentucky as one seven of the last eight and Detroit's won eight of the last nine or something like that. So that's, you know, from, from a fan standpoint, you see that and you think they're the top four teams or whatever, and you may, you might be right. Um, but I would tell you from my standpoint as the coach, if they had done the committee and I was on the committee, I might have Youngstown in the top two. Why? Look at the schedule they had to play. Who could have done that? You know, who could have played back to back to back and they did it without a first team all league player. And now he's back. And since he's come back, they've won every game. They're winning, you know, from a, from a, a coach's perspective, I might pick Youngstown over Oakland, over Detroit, over Northern Kentucky. And that's why the committee didn't want that. The committee did not want the human eye, the, a, a co- the person who thinks he's a coach or is a coach, putting their perspective into it because they didn't think that would be fair. They wanted it to be done mathematically. And even though Joe Smith is going to say it's not fair, there was no human element into it. So if you look at this and you wonder why is, why is, Oakland third and say Detroit sixth and Northern Kentucky fifth and Youngstown. No, Northern Kentucky's fourth, Youngstown, Youngstown's fifth, and Detroit is sixth going into the last week. Well, if you look at who, who, who those six teams, Oakland six and four in, against those teams with road wins. And in the formula, road wins, I believe they count one and a quarter wins. So if you win a road game, it's like winning a game in a quarter. We have we have five road wins. If we win a game, if we win one of the two games this weekend, we'll have six road wins. That, you know, that's that's winning seven and a half games. And and that's where the formula comes in. So we're six and four against that. I believe that. Detroit is four and six. I believe that Northern Kentucky might be two. I had it and I don't have it in front of me, but two and something. Now, if you talk to the formula people, they will tell you that that really doesn't play in to it, but it does play in the strength of schedule. You know, what you've done against the best teams that, that, that has a, a flavor to it, okay, as you try and understand the schedule. And then where you've played, we were, I was angry. And you know I was angry. We were 0-9. We had not played a home game all year. We were supposed to play Northern Kentucky. And they had a manager test positive, and they didn't come. They never went on pause. They had to do what was safe and right, and they did. But two days later, they were back, and we didn't. And the league made us go to Detroit. And I was angry about that. Mike Davis didn't was angry about it. I was angry about it, but that's what the league told us to do. And we we talked about not going. We were like so angry. But if we end up in the top four, it's the reason tough. we're there is because we went to Detroit and we won those two games. And and what that did was it gave us twelve road games out of the twenty. No one else in the league is going to play twelve road games. So I know we got to go to commercial, but. 
that was a real long. It's the longest we've ever had a show where you didn't say anything. I'd take it till eight, Camp. Uh, I used to do talk radio for ESPN with Matt Derry, and that was always our thing. Somebody would come on, take it to eight o'clock, Camp. Why don't you go to commercial? I've told people if they wanted to tweet questions at me during this, go ahead and do it. I'm going to check my phone to see if they tweeted anything. We come back, I'll finish it up as quickly as I can. Sure, we'll do a a special impromptu Ask Campy concerning the seedings. And then at 7.30, we have your general Ask Campy questions, which there is a lot to get to. And oh, by the way, uh, there's some big games coming up this weekend at Milwaukee. We'll talk to Coach about that as well. A lot to get to here. Kevin McCann's back in our studios. Fire up the commercials there, Kevin. This is the Greg Campy Show brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group, usually live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills, but I'm at my house in Washington Township. Coach is at his condo as well, and we are taking your questions with the hashtag AskCampy. And here's how this is going to work. Camp held court on the Horizon League seedings and broke it down for everyone and let you all know uh, the backstory to it. So we're all well-informed. There were a lot of things that that I picked up that I did not know of. Um, Kind of my two cents on it is, the net ranking and all this stuff is pretty simple. You win games on the road, you're going to be good. I like to keep things pretty, you know, pretty binary, Camp. <laughs> Before you ask me that question yeah. that you're going to lead with, I, won't, I didn't say this. The net ranking means absolutely nothing. The only time that the net ranking comes in will be is two schools, when it's all said and done, and all the formulas done, end up in a tie. There's no longer, you know, what our record was against each other because it's not fair. If, if you go, okay, what was our record against Fort Wayne? No, against Green Bay. Well, Green Bay beat us both times, but they played us both times at home. We didn't get a chance. So, so the league knows that's not fair. So they're going to the net if there's a tie. So it's all over. There's two teams tied. Okay, what was your net? And that's a... That's a season long. The rest of this is done only the league games. Our non-league schedules have nothing to do with this formula. It's only league games. Win games and you'll be okay. All right, Camp, here we go. We got some questions about the uh, about the Horizon League rankings. And uh, Johnny Arena, 316, uh, you, I believe uh, a Detroit Titans fan says, Coach, I want to know, explain why Detroit isn't a four seed according to what I'm reading on ESPN Oakland is a five, so yeah, it's kind of weird for us fans to make sense of, and, and I think Johnny's looking at the standings and taking that as gospel, which that usually that would be the case, but that is not the case this year. So if you look at the standings based on percentage of wins, Detroit at eight and six, and we're at nine and nine. Um, that makes us you know, below them in the standings, but in in the formula, here's what Detroit has going against them. Detroit has only if if let's say they win both this week, they'll have they'll be ten and six. They'll have only played sixteen games out of the twenty possible. That in itself is uh, hurtful. All right, because it's about wins. Um, not about losses, it's about wins. So if we, if we win, one of the two games will have the same amount of wins. We will have six road wins. Detroit will only have four road wins. So Detroit will have four points. We'll have four and a half points because of the six road games. Uh, or excuse me, we'll have six and a half. Six... In a court, we'll have seven. Geez, I'm, I'm screwing this up. They'll have four four wins, 
from the road and will have seven and a half. So right there, that's going to put us ahead of Detroit no matter what. Now, the strength of schedule could have something to do with it. But where Detroit will be hurt in the strength of schedule is they'll have only played seven of the 11 teams. We'll have played nine of the 11 teams. Um, you know, and our wins, you know, we'll have a winner. We'll have a win over, as I said earlier, over those top teams, we'll be six and four and they'll be four and six. So that's how Oakland will end up ahead of Detroit. So Detroit is six. So that's one team ahead of them. I don't know. I don't know enough about the what will happen is if Wright State beats Northern Kentucky twice. They could, Northern Kentucky could fall all the way to sixth and Detroit could move up to fifth. If Youngstown loses a game this week and Detroit wins both, Detroit could move all the way up to fourth. It's going to be very hard for Detroit to pass Oakland if we win a game this weekend. Even if we don't, it may be hard for them to pass us. But if they do, if we do, going to be very, very hard in the formula. And so, but can Detroit get to four? Yeah, it's... If, right, if Youngstown loses a game and and Wright State beats Northern Kentucky twice, it's going to be very close, very close. Now, the thing with how is Youngstown ahead of Detroit? When Detroit went to Youngstown and beat them twice, all right, again, it, it's, Youngstown will have played all 20 games. Youngstown will have played everybody in the league but once. They're the only school that didn't get affected by a COVID change they they played the schedule as it came they'll have four road wins uh, or maybe i think they have five road wins which is one more than detroit has which is actually five and you know six and a quarter road wins so i, I know i'm getting confusing with it neil I, and I, tr I so i probably ought to just slow down on this but so that's how youngstown is ahead of detroit right now uh, the strength of schedule thing could change everything, though, because when the season's complete, the strength of schedule is, will be complete. Right now, the strength of schedule is a moving target because one week this team's really good and they lose two, and now they're not ranked up there, and now, now your wins over them don't mean as much. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, now, that's, that's the key now, component, Cam. As, as, that's, that's the key yeah, component that, about that's it. That's the yeah. moving... Right. That's the moving target in this. And and so for me to sit here and say this, even if there are no definitives. We could we could win both. Right state, northern Kentucky wins both and they're gonna move from fourth to third and we're gonna go from third to fourth. That that's I believe that probably will happen because of that strength of schedule moving target. If we lose both, we could move all the way to sixth. But Maybe not, because who else won in the league? Oh, maybe our strength of schedule gets better because the way the weekend goes. So nobody can sit here and, and predict what's going to happen. And that's why in my tweet earlier in the day, I said, please be patient and wait and see what happens this weekend. All right, Coach, we've got a couple more quick ones here that we'll get to about the Horizon League seeding. Uh, our good friend Jake Wolock wants to know, says, Coach, I'm very confused about everything that's going on. Does this mean that we'll have a buy in a home playoff game still in the league tournament? That's what we're angling towards, though, right? Well, it does mean we'll have a home playoff game. 
I can't see us falling all I don't know how we could possibly fall tonight. So we will have a home playoff game. The question is, will it be in the first round or the second round? If we finish top four, which, you know, the way for us to finish top four is to go win two games. And then we'll be, we'll be 11 and nine. And, and I don't see how we can't be in the top four. Because you got to win games, you got to win road games, and that's what we have: two more road games in front of us. So, if we win both, we we will have a bye, and then we will have a home game as either the third or fourth seed. All right, the fourth seed will play the best seed left. You reseed after every round. So, if you're the fourth seed. You will play the best seed left. So if five beat if twelve beats five, twelve's gonna play one, not you. It's not bracketed like your normal bracket. So yes, to answer Jake's question, yes. If we split, it's up in the air. We may be the fourth seed, we might be the third seed, we might be the fifth seed. If we lose both both, most likely Unless good things happen for us in other ways, we'll probably be the fifth or sixth seed, which will give us a home first round game, and then we'll go on the road for the second round. That, that, and that's really the way it breaks down. So again, you know, the the, the constant remains: go to Milwaukee and win two games. Fate's kind of in your hands, right, Camp? I mean, that's right. That's what the story right. is. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the tournament, the the the, the seeding is. is We're not going to fall far enough to get out. Right. So, all right, we'll do this then. We'll take our next break. When we come back, we'll hit you with the general uh, Ask Campy questions because we had a lot <laughs> that came rolling in. Uh, there's some music-based ones uh, in there, uh, some food-based ones. You know it's Poonchki Day just in the past, so you know that, that – uh, <laughs> and, and a wry smile comes across Greg Campy's face. Uh, who didn't see that one coming? But uh, we got some Poochki questions as well. We'll get to all of it. Oh yeah, also there's a you know there's a little thing, couple of games coming up against Milwaukee too in Milwaukee that uh, we will take off to go to Milwaukee tomorrow. So we'll talk to Coach about that. So a lot to get to here, not a lot of time to get to it. This is the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. He's a coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule. Happy to have you with us here tonight. And it's that time for the. Ask Campy questions. So, Coach, let's uh, let's get to this now and get this going as far as the questions that have rolled in. Our good friend MDFun89, here's another one, Coach, that popped in. says, since you're playing Milwaukee this weekend at their, their old place, what important things that have happened the last two times you've been there? You know, Has there been any important things that have happened for the Oakland program in that building in the Klotchke Center? I guess that's set me up for a home run there, huh? Yeah, absolutely. I haven't told our team this yet, but the last, you know, last time we were there, we clinched the league championship. Uh, Sharon Dorsey walk went off late in the game, and Martez Walker both had great games, and uh, we had to win to win the title and be the number one seed, and and we found a way to do it the last game of the season, that you know, ended the season, and then on a Super Bowl Sunday and. For three, four years before that, two, three years before that, maybe Travis Bader broke uh, JJ, JJ Reddick's record there. And I will tell you this: I still remember this, and and I hold 
the administration at Milwaukee, Milwaukee in high esteem for this because they, they actually announced it and gave us the game ball. And uh, there's not many places on the road that somebody would do that for you. It was such an accomplishment, though, to be the all-time greatest at something in the NCAA history. Um, it was a really cool thing. And it, because it was Super Bowl Sunday, not many people were paying attention. And so I was, I was really happy with what the Milwaukee people did that day. You know, Camp, really quickly as an aside to that, I've heard you talk about that before. I've heard you tell that story, that how gracious you, know, you thought Milwaukee was. And, and you've said that in the past, that that wouldn't happen on the road at a lot of places. Are you kidding me, man? Somebody breaks an all-time NCAA record? I mean, that, that's not commonplace? I, uh, I hope I would be as gracious as Milwaukee was yeah. that day. And because I've been through it, I, I think I would be. Yeah, maybe maybe I wouldn't have been had my experience this, but I think I would be. Yeah, I mean that that's crazy to me. Pittsburgh Marty uh, chimes in, says Neil, Coach, love the show. As we come to the end of the regular season, into the league tournament, do you do anything differently in terms of practices, preparation, conditioning, team meetings, etc.? If there is, what does look different? That's from Pittsburgh Marty. No, the what we're doing, I guess we do. We, we're cutting way back. And, you know, we've got kids that have played a lot of minutes, and, and Jalen Jalen Moore is just getting killed on the court. Uh, you know, the we got accused of this a couple of years ago, beating up uh, Antoine Davis, and that, that was our tactics. And, and, you know, now people are doing that to Jalen Moore when you're a small guard, especially when you have the ball all the time, double-teaming, knocking them down, taking hard fouls, things like that. It's going to take its toll. And so we're trying to... We accept that it's happening, and Jalen's learning how to handle it. But we're trying to rest him in practice. We're we're probably on the court for an hour and a half, and only forty five minutes of that is actual basketball. You know, you've got your film study and your your walkthroughs and talking about who you're playing and that. Uh, and then probably thirty to forty five minutes is all we're out there right now. If, if, if then we're going to. got to be rested and our legs and our minds have to be healthy that's that's all it is right now it's in your mind and it's your legs craig hanford tweets at us with the hashtag ask campy i have a similar question to marty's coach if you earn a buy you more than likely have uninterrupted practice time more in more in uninterrupted practice time than you've had all year would you add any new wrinkles to the game plan or just rest recover and sharpen what you already do well And that is a uh, so probably um, I probably am I on my yeah I got computer you. said I'm fro okay um we're gonna if game or two and we uh, now you, now you are breaking up on me a little bit there, Camp. So hold on. We just got a little bit of a, of a technical snafu here with Camp. All right, we have him back now. All right, Coach, fire away. So what I was saying is if, if we find out Saturday night that we are a top-four seed and we get the week off, then what I'll probably do is take Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday off, three days. They haven't had three days off in, I don't, you know, since we started, uh, since the COVID pause. 
and uh, they won't want three days off, so I'll probably open the gym on the third day and let them come in and shoot and sh stuff like that. We won't know who we're playing, and, and we won't know. We can't say it's one of two teams because, again, it's reseeded. So we'll look at if Let's say we're the four seed. We'll look at who five is, and we'll start prepping for five. Someone will prep for six, and someone will prep for seven. And, uh, uh, but we'll start putting the most time into five. And I think the games are Thursday. So we'll practice Wednesday and Thursday and Friday. When we come in, we'll know what's going on. We'll probably practice Friday. We'll take Saturday off and then Sunday and Monday, uh, we'll get after it because we're at home. Uh, if we aren't in the top four, we'll probably take Sunday off when we get, you know, and then, uh, we'll have a very light prep practice on Monday uh, and, and depending on who we play, if it's, you know, we could play somebody we haven't played all year, which would be a complete new prep, or we may play somebody we just played. You know, maybe we're playing Robert Morris again. Maybe we're playing Fort Wayne again, who we just played. Uh, so the prep will be a little bit different based on that. BK McDonald tweets at us and said, Coach, I want to know if there's a song or artist that has stuck out to you from a player's playlist this season, i.e., you know, the music that's playing around in, in the arena when we come in for shoot-around. Any, any songs kind of jumped out at you? The only, the only songs I recognize is when they play my son. Right. So, you know, when, when they put him on, and because and and, I recognize that because I listen to that crap. I mean, I listen to his song. And, uh, <laughs> You're tucking the socks, Camp. Come on. Socks, right? Um, so I do listen to his songs, uh, and uh, so the players like him, which makes me happy. And and they'll play him now and then. And so, but the rest of it, I I'm not a big fan of the type of music they listen to. So you know, I, I look forward to when I start talking and the music goes off. Camp, do you know the difference? And this this comes from uh, this comes to us from Kevin back in the studio. Do you know the difference between Lil Baby and Dub Baby? No. Okay, moving on. Hashtag. <laughs> Little baby was what I had thirty-five years ago, and the no. baby was the first one I would guess. <laughs> now Keith was the baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair. That's you answered that one about as well as you can answer it. All right, our good buddy Rob Brooks tweets at us. All right, coach. Here's another music question for you. Have you ever played golf with Alice Cooper, who is a very good golfer, by the way? I have not played with Alice Cooper. I have eaten at Alice Cooper's restaurant in Phoenix, though. They have a hot dog that is bigger than I am. Um, uh, and I liked Alice Cooper growing up, but I've never played golf. I do know that, that he is a here whatever he is is a good golfer yeah yeah that is i see him on television he looks like he can stripe it for sure uh at west Berg wants to know coach what do you think of the new facility at robert morris after playing there for the first time this past weekend i'm jealous you know i'm jealous they they put 40 million dollars into it and had a good talk with andy tool their coach about it and what they did and he was highly in in uh, visible in the prep you know in the construction and what he needed and what he wanted and the the things that they have in their locker room and the video rooms and, and that, I think that place packed is going to be something special. And uh, I know he's a great basketball coach and they've had success. And, uh, you know, they're learning what everybody learns when they come to the Horizon League. Uh, you know, this is a tough league. And all our all the fans that, that say it's not a run, it's a tough, tough basketball league. Is it, 
is it the same league it was 10, 15 years ago when Butler was here? No, that league got to the national championship game. I'm not sure right now any team in our league's capable of getting to the national championship game, but maybe in the next couple of years. you got some great coaches in this league, man. got some really, really good coaches, and players are getting better and better. I like the American flag section of seats that they have in there as the Colonials. Uh, I thought that was a pretty cool touch. I'm a sucker for uh, aesthetics like that, I guess. But uh, Matt from the Horizon League podcast wants to know, says, ask Campy. uh, I'm sorry my streak of questions ended last week. He had a Cal Ripken-esque streak of questions that he was firing in every week. He missed last week, though. But anyway, he said, Coach, if you had a five-star son, do you think you could have him convinced – you think you could have convinced them to commit to Oakland instead of a Power 5 school, and would you have wanted to coach your own son? Just kind of that whole uh, you know PBJ situation going on with the rumors at Milwaukee. Do you think that's good for the Horizon League? Well, I think if, if Baldwin's kid comes to, to Milwaukee, I think it's great for the league. I mean, it, imagine the publicity that's going to get. Uh, imagine, you know, there'll be ESPN games for him. There'll be, uh, you know, I mean, because this kid is considered, he's not a five-star recruit, he's considered the number one or two player in the country. And, and you know, that's that's different than a five-star recruit. Um, so, yeah, I think it would be absolutely phenomenal for the league. It'd be good for Pat. You know, Pat Baldwin's a great guy, man. I'll tell you what, he is. he's a heck of a person. Um, I really like him. And I hope he wins every game he coaches except the ones he plays against us, you know, uh, he's just a good guy. And to be able to coach your son like that, would, what a fun thing that would be. Now, to answer the question, I think that all three of my sons with the relationship that I had with them would have come to Oakland uh, without question. I don't think it would have ever been anything other than that they're going to Oakland because those are three of the biggest Oakland fans. That, I mean, they were all ball boys. They all – you know, they came to practice. They knew the players. I let them in the locker room during the games. I had a son. <laughs> I had a son go on a message board protecting his dad once because somebody said something and, and he was in the locker room and, and knew exactly what had happened. And so I had to, I had to pat him on the behind and tell him not to do that, you know, uh, let people say whatever they want to say. But all three of those kids grew up in the program and they would have, I mean, you know, Trey Townsend grew up in the programs here, you know, and those kids the same. Now, to answer the question, would I want them? Uh, no, I wouldn't have wanted them. Um, that would have been that would have been a hard thing. And the reason I wouldn't have wanted them is because I love them. They are my sons, and. Uh, I wanted to love them my whole life. I didn't want to have to scream and yell at them on a basketball court, let alone in life, you know. But if, if let me say it this way, because that, that answer comes off wrong. Um, if they were recruited by Tom Izzo, John Calipari, people that I know and trust, that I have a great relationship with, uh, Roy Williams, um, um, you know, guys like that, Frank Martin, uh, people like that. I would want them to go to them because I would want them to have a new experience and I would want them to experience the quote, you know, if, if, if they're a lottery pick, 
I would want them to be able to build their brand like Zion Williamson did, where he, before he ever played a game in the NBA, he's making eighty million dollars. And then I would say, you want to help Oakland build me a practice facility? Give me twenty million of that eighty million and build a practice facility, son. I brought you up, son. What a closer! <laughs> Give me that money and help me. You can help Oakland that way. Um, and and I'm not saying you know Ray McCallum at Detroit, his son he made it to the NBA playing for him i just you know i was so close with my three boys that uh i don't know if i would have wanted to coach it to be honest with you that's a hell of a question i mean i i gave the off the top of my head answer yeah yeah that you're a hell of a closer too camp you go (laughs) go in for the ask man i like it i gotta get you uh (laughs) <laughs> Got to get you the Wolf of Wall Street, man. Right. Uh, at Oakland, you fan wants to know, and, and this is the final hashtag ask can't be question we have. We had a long, long list this week. Uh, at Oakland, you fan wants to know my annual ask can't be question from the Polish guy. Uh, did you get, <laughs> were you Team Punchkey this year? And did you give one to anyone for their first time? No, I stayed away from it. Um, I, I will say this on. Uh, Saturday, my grandson's birthday, uh, my daughter-in-law had punch keys and her, her dad brought them and they're from the famous place in Hantramic. I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head, but they're known as the best punch key place in the Detroit area. They won the, that and they brought them there for me and I did have one. Um, fortunately, they didn't bring plum or prune or whatever it's called, because if they would have brought that, I would have had 10. Um, But they did have blueberry and raspberry, so I had half of a blueberry and half of a raspberry because I couldn't pick which one. That's a good compromise. Neil, if they would have had prune, I would have broken down and and lost the battle. But I was really, uh, for people that know me and can see what I look like, I've really been on a a battle this year to, to... you know, I've lost a lot of weight. And I want to keep that going, and I didn't want to fall off the wagon for a punch key. So yeah. hey, we did. We did have a couple other questions. Uh, the one about yes. Cleveland State, didn't we? Yes, we did, and they, uh, that, that is true. Uh, that's right. I got to back it up to get to that one. That's a, that's a good catch there, Camp. But yeah, the the question there was: Are are you impressed with what? Are you, are you impressed with what Cleveland State? has done this year and are there any other coaches that are out there that are as crafty as you are and that question came to us from uh, Robert are you are you surprised by their success surprised by their improvement and are there any other Horizon League coaches as crafty as you are the only thing I know about craft is is it comes in wrappers and I eat a lot of that cheese uh, I will crafty is not a word I would use for myself uh, I will say that yes I saw Cleveland State being a top level team did i see him being number one i, I just and i don't mean this in any way as bad towards cleveland or towards Wright state or towards anybody in the league i just don't see i don't think that you can judge this year now they're winning and winning games and they're doing things but it's just as i've said many times to me it's summer league and my guess is that Dennis is going to have all those guys back next year and will be, uh, will be a normal schedule and all that. And I will pick them 
depending on if Loud and Love comes back or not, I would pick them first or second. If Loud and Love doesn't come back, I'd probably pick them first. If he comes back, I'd probably pick right, right State first. If if all the Youngstown guys come back, I'll probably pick them. Those three teams, one of those three teams, and then you play an even schedule. We play everybody at home once, everybody on the road once. If they, if you know, with the teams that do it, then, then you know, then I'll feel better about the whole thing. I just don't feel good about this year as far as that goes, you know, announcing a champion or, or saying anything. Now, Cleveland State's really good, and their coach has done a heck of a job. And I'll tell you what he does. He's done better than maybe anybody in the league this year. He's got a deep roster. He's got – he can go 10 deep. Nobody else in the league can go 10 deep. You don't see a difference when he changes. He's got them playing as hard as you can play. He's, they get the loose balls. They get the 50-50 balls. They're engaged. They're riding the wave. They're doing things. They're playing out, out of their minds. And you've got to give the coach and his staff. A lot of times the head coach gets a lot of credit, but his staff must be a fantastic staff too. And they're doing a great job, and they deserve everything they get. So what I said, you know, contradicting myself, but what I said is, you know, it's just a goofy year, but they've flourished in the goofy year, and good for them, and he's done a hell of a job. All right, Kent, final couple minutes of the show. We leave tomorrow, go to Milwaukee. We all know the stakes. We all know what's on the line. Milwaukee, as of late, has not been a kind place. Now, with that being said, the Kolochki Center has been a little bit better than the uh, than the old Mecca has. Uh, we've, been, we've lost at Milwaukee. I know we lost last year. Did we lose the year before, too? Um, it's all kind of running together on me. Mm. Yeah, but well, anyway, you made now you made that statement. I figured you had it right there in front yeah. of you. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kind of going out. You know, I'm getting to that point now, Camp. Getting in double digit years here with the program. You know, I, I, yeah. I can all use right the excuse. Yeah, I can, I can use the excuse like you do. You know, I can just say, hey, they all, they all kind of run together when you've been doing it for so long. But you know, when, when you look at it though, Camp, I mean. Uh, this Milwaukee team, uh, and I'm a big, I, I come full disclosure, I'm a big Tajon Lucas guy. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of his game. Uh, I like him a lot. And, you know, th- this, is a, this is a very good Milwaukee team. I don't care what the record says. Uh, Tajon Lucas is a good player, and they're a good team. It's a league full of good point guards, man. You've got yeah. Godfrey, you've got Lucas, you've got Jalen Moore, you've got Antoine Davis. You, I mean, you can just go through the league. Um, and it's, it's, a uh, the, the, the kid at Northern Kentucky's the little kid there's had a tremendous year. Langston, I think his name is, and, and it's, it has, it's a league of great point guards. And when you have a great point guard, you can win any game and Milwaukee can be anybody, anywhere they want at Cleveland state. That's one of Cleveland state's losses. Right. Um, they, you know, they, they're, they're a good basketball team. They got size, they've got athleticism, they've got shooters, They've been snake bit a little bit, and they, they're on a little bit. You know, they lost four in a row. They were at one point, I think they were four and one in the league and looked like a sure bet to be a top four team. And a couple disasters hit them. I, I think the Fort Wayne went up there and beat them twice. And I think they, they that kind of punched in, in the gut. And, and I think they're just coming back from that. You know, they played at Wright State this past weekend, which is no way to get healthy. Um, and I thought they played pretty well at Wright State. I think they could have beaten anybody else in the league, maybe, but Wright State, the way they played. Um, it ain't going to be easy, man. we got to find a way to get one. And if we could get two, that would be special. But we've got to find a way to get one now. Yeah. We just have to. 
Camp, when you look at it too, I mean they're they're really scoring the basketball at, at, at a high rate. Uh, you know, I don't I don't remember them playing games in the '80s regularly like they have been as of late. But I have noticed this year, it seems like there's a lot more offense in the games than there has been in the past. But they 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 are they are involved in some very high scoring games. Well, they got scores. I mean, they they got a kid that's hardly scored all year a game thirty some. And last week, the freshman from a year ago. Uh, Goldston, something like that. He he went off. He, uh, his last two or three games, he's getting comfortable and he's going off. And he's he's not a shooter. He's a big, strong kid that gets in the paint. And uh, but they've got a couple really good shooters too. And and uh, they had a guy against Northern Kentucky's own go for twenty in the first half. So they're a team that you know with their when they're making shots, they beat anybody in the league. Uh, defensively, you know, they, they're kind of like our teams that were good, you know, the more you score, the more you gave up. And it's almost by design, you know, you want the game going, you want it a pretty game, not a mucked up game. And when you have shooters and talent, uh, you want a pretty game. You know, you want a good passing, crisp passing, knocking down shots, getting open game. And if you're so good defensively that the other team's got to use 28 seconds and, you know, you don't get that. Um, and so I think that's what they're about. They want that pretty game, and, and we got to go in and play an ugly game and beat them ugly. So, Camp, that's what it's going to take then? I mean, does it just come down to a desire, or is it, is it a want-to situation? How do you guys win both of these basketball games and take all the guesswork out of all the seeding stuff? Well, you know, Neil, I think that we have got to go in there and we got to play mistake-free. And, you know, in all honesty, on Friday night uh, at Robert Morris, as good as Robert Morris played, we played that good too. And we just handed the game to him. It's the third or fourth game we've handed to an opponent this year. That is where if we don't make the top four, that's that's what you got to point at. Because we, you know, we win, we hold on, we got a five point lead with a minute, something to go. You hold on and win that. We're 10 and eight right now, and we're probably in. And uh, so if we don't make it, that's where we go back. I think Milwaukee's going to be very, very difficult. I think it's going to be very hard to win one, let alone two. Right. And uh, we're going to have to play at a high level, a high, high level. And then when we get to the last five minutes, we got to close it out. We've got three games this year that should have been closed out. And it's, I'm not talking about, you know, close game and somebody makes a shot and then as a loser, you know, ah, oh, we could have won. Now, I'm not talking about could have won. We got a four point lead with 30 seconds to go at Green Bay. We've got a double digit lead with five minutes to go at uh, UIC. And, you know, and then this past Friday night, those three games, you never get them back, and they'll come back and haunt you. So we got to play the best we can at Milwaukee, and we can't go in there with pressure on us. We, we did it to ourselves. We put ourselves in this position, so let's go just handle it. There it is, Kent, and that will wrap up this week's show. So, again, appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. Big thank you to Kevin McCann back in our Real Team Real Estate studios. Thanks to Coach Campy uh, for your time as well. We'll be back at you next Wednesday. We'll know exactly what's going on. We'll know what the stakes are, the who's, the where's, the what's, the why's, all of it. 
this weekend at Milwaukee, and we'll have it for you on the Real Team Real Estate Radio Network. So for the Coach Greg Campy, my name is Neil Rule. Thanks for listening, everybody. Well, see you later.